you're listening to the Embrace Simplified podcast, where you will be inspired to unlock simpler, healthier ways to live your life. I'm a corporate ladder climber turned entrepreneur on a mission to help busy women feel their best. I'm bringing you real conversation with all my favorites, and we're talking wellness, relationships, money, business, career, and even parenting. I want you to laugh and cry, learn and grow right alongside me. I'm your host, Kirsty. Let's keep it real. Pour your coffee and turn it up. Together, we are going to simplify our life. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Embrace Simplified podcast. And as I'm rounding up my first season of episodes for the Embrace Simplified podcast, I'm just so fascinated by what the most popular episodes were and what kind of stuff you guys want to hear more of. And right now I am getting ready to book my next round of interviews and podcast guests that'll kick off in the fall. And I just am looking back over the last 30 episodes and yeah, I'm feeling so grateful for everybody who's been listening and tuning in every week. For those of you who are new, welcome. This is where we get real and I get real with you about my journey in embracing a more simplified life so that I can feel better, I can live with more ease. And so I talk to all of the experts and my favorite people on topics like resilience and parenting and simplifying life, decluttering, and our mental health. So I have rounded up with the amazing team at Ultimate Creative who helps me produce this podcast. All of your most favorite episodes in our first season, and we've pulled some of our favorite parts from these episodes, and so this is kind of a compilation episode looking back over the first 30 episodes that we recorded. I kicked this podcast off in... I want to say February of 2021. And I recorded (laughs) over the holiday break with my broken ankle, with a house that was torn apart mid-renovation. In so many ways, I have done what I just never thought I could when it comes to this podcast. And what I mean by that is when the kids came home from school, right, and the school's closed, it would have been really easy for me to put this project on the back burner and be like, when can I interview people? My kids are constantly home, but I did it anyways. I had people that said yes to recording with me in my car at nine o'clock at night. I put on a movie and I put them somewhere quiet and I recorded in a different room. But a lot of times I was in my car and a lot of times I was late on my production timelines and late on meeting that production schedule and I just kept at it. And it was not easy. And a lot of times I felt like giving up. But the feedback that kept coming to me about this podcast is that you really loved what I was trying to do. And you really loved the people that I'm bringing on. And you loved my vulnerability. And so I just kept going with it. I love doing this. I interviewed people for a living in my career. And now I get to do it on this podcast. And it's truly been very rewarding and a lot of fun. And yeah, I just thank you guys so much. Share and leave a review every time you listen and you take something away. I hope that you'll let me know what that is or leave us a review. It helps so much for people to be able to find the podcast. And it really allows me to be able to expand what this podcast offers 
in the next year. So thank you guys so much for the support and have fun listening to sort of the highlight reel of the Embrace Simplified podcast so far. I was hardworking and very achievement focused since before I was old enough to work. As a kid, the first game I ever played on a computer was Lemonade Stand. I would look at the weather, the expected road work and events, and then buy ingredients and advertise and sell lemonade accordingly to earn a profit. That was the game I loved. That game and my parents' businesses were the first tastes I had of entrepreneurship. I grew up on an island in BC and we owned a gorgeous bed and breakfast there years before Airbnb was a thing. I say we because it really was always positioned to us kids like we were part of the business. We changed beds, we greeted guests, we stayed quiet during breakfast, and when we grew up, we helped make the muffins and deliver trays of food or answer the door if someone forgot toothpaste. We understood from a young age that by doing these things, our family earned money, and that money, well, it went to dinners out, vacations, and other extra things that we loved. I started multiple businesses before I graduated high school, and I've worked since I was 14 years old. I loved having my own money, but total truth, I was not smart with it at all. Don't be fooled as you hear me talking about this thirst for money and think, oh, she's been making money for so long. Yes, I've been working. Making money came much, much later. After all the guest jeans were bought and the pricey chemical-filled makeup was discovered and the tab for my friend's ice cream was paid for, I was a bossy little girl. So cringe, right? When you grew up in the 80s and 90s, being bossy was a negative thing. Thankfully, now, when someone calls my seven-year-old daughter bossy, I get excited and proud and think, heck yes, she is going to show up as a future leader. I was the chatty one in class, and I always had lots of ideas, but rarely found the confidence to share them outside of my family. The first real badass thing I can remember doing is when I quit French class. The teacher and I did not get along, but usually teachers loved me. I chose to do a self-directed distance learning option instead. It isn't sounding very badass right now, but believe me, at the time, it was. I remember I was so frustrated with posts about self-care online that one day I wrote one that said, fuck self-care. People went nuts. Likely you were even one of those people. I got so much positive feedback and heck yeses. I knew I was on to something, something that I had felt for a long time but never shared. It was this frustration with traditional preachy self-care messages And then I knew it resonated with so many people. I stopped in that moment and reconsidered every inspiring post I'd ever tried to share about self-care. I could see how some of the posts had been triggering for other people rather than inspiring or leading them or motivating them like I wanted to. Now, when I meet with women to talk about their wellness and happiness, I do things really differently. I tell them that for an entire year, I thought it was okay to go grocery shopping at 9 p.m. solo one night a week and call it self-care. Yes, I did that. I tell them it took me over nine weeks, you guys, nine weeks to do my first real meditation. I tell them that I have struggled with my two cups of coffee rule for the entire lockdown. 
But I also remind them that a Starbucks and a walk with a girlfriend is self-care. And one of my favorite things that is self-care in disguise is snuggling with my kids during movie night. I now have a far more realistic and raw conversation with clients who are trying to make change. And my honest approach to self-care helps me guide them in making these small shifts in how they care for themselves, because that is what we're talking about, self-care. For the rest of the episode, if I say self-care, you're not going to think about a bubble bath or green juice. Just know that I am straight up referring to a broader definition of taking a more active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness. And no, it's not selfish. In fact, helping others, giving, or even creating can all be part of one's self-care. And even research shows us that it's not just about taking care of ourselves better, but really about taking care of everyone more. So if you stop to appreciate someone or you ask them how they are, you hold space for them, you show empathy, you throw some love or gratitude their way, you know how those acts can make you feel great. That is self-care. My relationship status with self-care is complicated. My journey with self-care has been long, but really only a priority for about three years. And I would say that I've probably had an on-again, off-again relationship with self-care as a whole. Why didn't I commit and just stick with it once I figured out what worked for me? It's big things, and I think it's even little things. It's worthiness, it's life stress, exhaustion, attitude, mental health. So many things get in the way. But when we learn and we course correct and keep going, then it works. When it comes to self-care, there are three really big things that I had to learn. Number one, what works for you won't necessarily work for me. What type of care you do for yourself really matters and it's very individualized. If someone goes for a run every morning and they call that their self-care, awesome. For them, I may find that the best way to nurture myself is to get up an hour before my kids, do a visualization of my day, get clear on what I'm really grateful for, make a great cup of coffee, and then go snuggle with my kids. You do you when it comes to self-care. Okay, so you work with a lot of families, and I wondered if there's anything that you see happening right now. Obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world, and I'm wondering if there's any, maybe you can give us permission for something today, (laughs) because you're so good at that. (laughs) I mean, I think permission to say that it's hard. And it's not to say I'm that like, not to be stuck in that. Like, I remember when I was going through when things were so tough and I, I was so pissed because I felt like I didn't have any safe spaces and, and until I found them. But that's the thing. I had to find them where I couldn't say that it was hard, right? Or people, people would say like, well, at least this or, oh, be positive. And I mean, I think the upside of being in this collectively is that everyone's kind of going through it on a you know, one scale or the other. I think adjusting our expectations is really important. Looking at what your fears are, you know, like if, if you're willing to acknowledge what might be under the surface is really powerful. Also, I love that one. 
That's yeah. so good. That's <laughs> really big if you're willing to. Yeah, I was well, just to be candid, like just this morning, we did two hours, my husband and I, with one of my mentors to like, really dig deep and look, look at our relationship and the things that we need, you know, some healing and shifting our patterns. And I was I ended up in tears because the fear that came up was I'm scared that his cancer is going to come back and he's going to die. And uh, it's not something that I'm, you know, it's, it's a little bit there, but it's not entirely, you know, but it's, but it is. So I think having, that's what happens when we have space and I know people are busy, right? So it's just, a, but it's a matter of priority as well of what's important. <laughs> so I found that I had to put myself first. So giving myself permission to prioritize my energy, my resources, my money, my time towards, for me anyway, my own healing and my own well-being because I mean, I know kids can't really do gymnastics or that kind of stuff. So the decision's made for you, right? So this is really a journey about going inwards on however you can. Do you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day, I chose like the kids weren't in any activities or I didn't invest because I had to shift our resources to really help myself keep afloat. So what would I say for now? I mean, I'm noticing, I mean, a lot of people are burnt out. A lot of people, it just feels like too much. What do you need to simplify? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The things you're not going to do or, or the things that you are going to do, but trusting in the process, knowing that you, that you are powerful. I mean, there's lots that you can do to take charge. Right. And this is, this, this is something I've always had to reconcile is that we can take charge. And then there's also the other truth is that you also don't have control. So resting in that truth and accepting, I think there's an acceptance, not like a, there's a surrender to it, not a giving up or not a like, oh, I'm not taking responsibility, but it's also, it's a co-creation, if you will, or a, a walking alongside. It's like, yes. I have my backpack on, my boots on, I'm going to walk, or I'm going to actually take a pause and sit down, but I'm not alone. I, I feel like while simplicity was a big pillar uh, in my journey, surrender <laughs> so much, mm -hmm. so, right? like fertility and just... Just when, you know, life isn't how you imagined it to be, which is exactly where many people may be. And that you can also have gratitude. And, you know, when Mark was sick and he was home, I, it was very much like many of the new moms that I work with right now who are at home during the pandemic. It's not how they imagined it to be. And their partners may be as, at home as well. So they're finding that there are some losses invisible losses, but there's also some gratitude perhaps. And sometimes people feel bad about that. Right. But it's, it's also to own, to acknowledge that, right. It's okay to, to be both, to be sad and to be happy, you know? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I, it's funny that I've had to learn that, but that is something I had to learn to embrace in my life is those opposing things existing at the same time. All right. The next journaling activity, we are going to look back to a version of you that you barely recognize exactly where we are today. <laughs> no, I, I mean, we barely recognize ourselves today and we need to go back further. So we're going to look back. It could be the last time that you didn't recognize yourself or it could be way far back, whatever comes to your mind. You might feel kind of a cringe or a pull of sadness? Do you see her in your mind? What do you notice? 
you guys can write if you're writers and if you want to just close your eyes and listen to my voice and sort of think through the answers, that's fine too. Go gently and honor her. She was doing the best that she could at that time. Include details on how she carried herself, what she wore, who she hung out with, how she felt, what she ate, and how she took care of herself. Once you have all of that down, we're now going to look at the time that's passed between that person and the one that you became next, or maybe even the one that you are now. Write down any loss, grief, growth, letting go that had to be done, or significant changes that happened to you, to your circumstances. The transformation cannot happen (laughs) without the painful stuff, the really big transformation. So if we're looking back at somebody that we, we can't believe we were that person, we also need to acknowledge everything that's happened between her and now. And my goal with this exercise, well, let's call it a journaling exercise or a visualization, is to see how far you can transform. It's like a reminder. I wish that I could be there. I could drape my arm around your shoulders and say, you got through that and you're going to get through this too. And if you're in a difficult season right now, I feel you. And I know that this work is not easy at all. And I see you trying. Remember that your hard is your hard. Don't diminish your pain because someone else could have it harder. Sure, they could have it harder, but there's no comparison to be had in grief. And maybe you're holding it together right now, or maybe you're coming apart, or maybe you're doing this work right now and you're able to go inward, or maybe you're rising up. Maybe you feel like you're becoming new, but each one of those seasons has its own brand of hard. And remember, by saying that you want more, you're deciding on growth over staying still. And growth isn't easy. You're picking the messy, you're picking the destructive, but you're choosing to embrace it. In our hardest and most painful moments, it can be impossible to believe that there is someone stronger being forged or a life that's more beautiful that's coming our way. But it is true. And I hope that this exercise reminds you of that. All right. So with the journaling behind us, I want to share five things that you can take away to try for your own growth and expansion. I want you to note that gratitude will not be on this list. Practice gratitude, dude. Just do it. That is powerful, but it's on everybody's list. So it's not going to be on mine because I'm a badass like that. Numero one, make a joy list. This might sound cheesy, like one of those self-helpy things, but it's super simple. We kind of love simple around here. And It's going to evolve and it's going to grow this list. But once it's done, once you've put in the work, you're going to reference it all the time. So what goes on a joy list is actually easier than it seems. You can Google it and you can see all different kinds of people and celebrities sharing their joy list. But I really think it's as simple as asking yourself, when do you feel your best? When do you feel your freest, your sexiest, your most natural self, your most relaxed, your most happy? you're most calm. And those things, those places, people, activities, that is your joy list. I remind people that traveling to Italy might be fun, but that has to live on my bucket list, not my joy list, because my joy list needs to have a variety of accessible things. You'll know you've got your joy list right 
when reading the list out loud just makes you feel happy. Farmer's Market Hall that leads to a long afternoon cooking. Creating art, making jewelry, painting, writing, gardening. Long kimono robes, citrus essential oils. Sunrises with my kids. Fireside chats with friends while camping. Dreaming about the future. Old music. Smoothies with extra cinnamon. You get the idea. Now you know just a little bit more about me too. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Embrace Simplified, the podcast. I hope you picked up some inspiration today and that you take action to feel your best. Can you guys do me a solid? If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. It helps more people find the podcast. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, shoot them a text right now and share it. I love getting those notes from friends, and I also love seeing where you're listening from. So please keep tagging us online at Embrace Simplified. Don't forget to subscribe so you can catch new episodes as they drop. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsty. Remember, you have it in you to simplify your life. <laughs>